Good morning. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to be up here and minister to you this morning. So my prayer has been that that God speaks to your hearts today. I get the privilege to continue on um, with Isaiah 9. Verse 6. And Pastor John started that for us a couple weeks ago. For to us a child is born... To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Wow. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I get to talk about Mighty God. That name tells us two things already. He is God. He was born as God. And he is mighty. He is all-powerful. When I looked up that word, mighty God, that name in Hebrew, God is El. And mighty is Gabor. Gabor means, get this, strength, power, and hero. How many times when we hear the word mighty do we think of a superhero? I know I do. However, probably get some faces because I'm not really into superheroes or into Star Wars. So I had to actually talk to my kids and make sure that some of my facts about superheroes were correct. But superheroes actually are not perfect. They all have something that they're fighting against, or that that's hindering them, or that can be an obstacle. Mainly because they're human. They're not God. See, baby Jesus came as a hero, but he was not wearing any superhero costume. He came as a baby. He came as a tiny, little, innocent human being. I think Mighty God is our ultimate divine superhero. He is a superhero above all superheroes. He is divine because he is God Andy is a man. He came as a tiny baby, innocent, in flesh. Like Pastor Scott said, it's kind of messy <laughs> to come as a baby into the world. It's not a fun way to come. He didn't just appear, but he came gentle and he came to give love. The Bible tells us in 1 John 4 8 that God is love. He came as love. Babies, when they're born, are swaddled. That means that they're wrapped up tight, they're secure, they can't flail around, just like when they were in their mommy's belly. 
My thought when I was thinking about that is they're secure in the swaddling of that blanket. But Jesus didn't need to be secure. He came to be our security. How did he become our security? Well, he brought us eternal life. And that's kind of something that I want to hold on to forever. Just to remember that that's why he came. He came to bring us salvation because he loved us. He came to provide for us. He came to protect us. He came to be among us and with us. He was full of unfailing love. His love never goes away. One of the scriptures I wanted to read to you today is Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth or any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from that love. Jesus came to be our superhero, to love us, to show us love, to bring us love, and nothing can separate us from that love. I don't know about you guys, but I don't think that I truly understand the depth of that love. I think I do up here. But I think in my heart, sometimes I don't realize how much I am truly loved. And I don't know that I ever will until that day that I'm in eternity in heaven with Jesus. I think there's part of me that will never be able to understand that. Even as a mom who loves my children more than anything, God loves us that much more. I don't know that I'll ever be able to totally understand it. When we talk about Jesus, our superhero, come into today's times. There is nothing he can't handle. There is nothing he can't do. There's no problem too big. He can carry all of our burdens. He has our health in his hands. He has our finances in his hands. He has us in his hands. He has our children in his hands. So why don't we give him everything? Why do we want to hold on to it? Why do we want to fix it? I don't know about you, but is there something in your life that you really don't want to give to God because you think you can fix it? I, I think there is for me. I may think I've given it to God, but I think I always somehow take a little bit of it back and try and fix it myself. I brought today some things that we all use to fix something with. I'm going to start with Duct tape. I've been told by my husband that duct tape can fix anything. Can it? Duct tape. What about tools? This is a, a tool that's got one tool with everything in it. 
Do we take our tools and try and fix something? Maybe something's broke. Obviously, if we have a, a broken chair or something, we're going to fix it. But what if there's something in our life that's broke? Are we trying to figure out what it is we need to pull together to fix that? Whatever that might be. How about a fire extinguisher? There's always fires we need to pull out, put out, maybe with our kids. I don't know. Have any of you had a kid that comes home, a child that says, by the way, Mom, I forgot. Tomorrow, my project is due. And you don't have anything for that project, and you're running to the store to get them what they need to fix the project. You're trying to put that fire out. And then, if you're like me, you did half of the project just so they could get it done and get a good grade. Instead of go, natural consequence. First aid kit. I know there are times when I don't feel well and I can fix it myself. I know there are times when I should have gone to the doctor and I thought, no, I can do this myself. And I forget to hand it over to God. And I forget that God gave us doctors to take care of us that might know more than we know. Sometimes we try and fix it and make up. Do we ever, ladies, put on makeup to hide our tears or to hide our frustrations? Or dads, do we put a mask on and act like everything is okay when everything's not okay instead of giving it to God? We try and make ourselves up to look like we're all, we got it together. Well, instead of always trying to fix it and trying to put it back together, why aren't we giving it to God, whatever it might be, and knowing that this baby that came, came to be here for us to fix whatever it is we need fixed. I am going to tell you a story. I have tissue. I don't want to cry, but I know me. This is about a time that I was in a hospital, and I couldn't fix it. I had to let God fix it, if he was going to fix it. As most of you know, Chuck and I have four children. The two first ones weren't, they weren't bad pregnancies, but they weren't the easiest. And then one of them came out. <laughs> And they both ended up healthy and fine. But my first easy, healthy pregnancy, when all was perfect, Garrett, our son, was born. And he was, uh, he was beautiful. He had chubby cheeks. I got to hold him for a little bit of time. And then the doctor took him and said, we're going to clean him up. We're going to get you to a room. You'll have him back in shortly. Well, I got to a room. And I was waiting for him. And after a while, I'm like, Chuck, it's been a long time. Shouldn't he have been here by now? I mean, we've had other babies. Normally, it doesn't take this long to get your baby back in your room. So he went to check because he thought, well, maybe they didn't understand that we did want him with us. So he went to check. And he was with the nurse in the hallway. And the nurse said to him, 
the doctor will be with you in a little bit. Well, when the doctor came, we found out that our son stopped breathing. And they didn't know if he was going to survive. He was on machines. He was being put into an ambulance to be transported because the hospital I was at did not take neonatal. So he was being transported to a hospital on the other side of town. And I didn't know if I'd see my son again. Chuck and his parents followed the ambulance to the other hospital. And I'm laying in a hospital bed all alone. And he was where I wanted him to be. Somebody needed to be with our baby. But I'm laying in a hospital bed, unable to do anything, praying and crying. God, he's yours. God, you gave us a son. And if you want him back, I have to be okay with this. But it wasn't easy. It was the longest, hardest night of my life. Chuck came back to the hospital. He told me where Garrett was, what was going on, the prognosis, which really wasn't good at that time. The one thing God did was when he got to the other hospital, there was a family from our church waiting for him who had been through something similar, waiting for him at the elevator as he stepped out to take care of him, to be with him, to pray for him. And that gave us a lot of peace, a lot of peace. Fast forward to today. If you guys know my son who's up there in the sound booth, he's alive. He's healthy. Two years into his life, we had had multiple hospital stays, doctor's appointments, um, just trying to get him to breathe right. And under past leadership, when there was something going on, it was all hands on deck, always. It didn't matter what was going on in your life. Well, he had been in and out of the hospital. He was sick, and we were having a ladies' retreat. I had to go. I had no choice. So I'm standing in the back at this ladies' retreat, crying, because I wanted to be with my kids. I wanted to be with my son that was sick. And I'm just handing it over to God. God, I can't be there. You know that. Comfort them. And I heard God say to me, your son is in my hands, and your son will one day be in ministry. And that, at that point in time, was what I needed. And it wasn't me. I couldn't do any of this stuff on my own. I had to give them to God. I had to trust God to truly do what he said he would do. Let him be in ministry. You see, I had to hand over what was going on to God. I didn't have a choice. I was in a hospital room. I couldn't run out. But God did have him, and God did take care of him. It was my job to hand him over and say, God, he's yours. He's yours to take care of. How easy is it for us to hold on to things when we are able to fix them? There might be times when we can't fix it, and we don't have a choice but to hand it to God, but there are times when we can try and fix it and not hand it over to him or hand it a little bit over to him or hand it over and say, 
can you fix it, but this is how I want it fixed? But it sometimes isn't our choice how God fixes it. We just need to take our hands off, and we need to let him do it. See, God demonstrated his power through Jesus in multiple ways. Through healings, Jesus touched and healed. And he also gave us the power to touch and heal. He had the power over nature. He calmed the storms. He had power over demons multiple times that he cast out demons. And he had the power over life and the power over death. The power to save us so we can have an eternity with him. So if he can do all of those things, then why are we not giving all of our stuff to him? And I'm not saying it's easy because I know it's very hard. As Pastor Scott said, sometimes we have fears. And even though my son is safe, even though he's healthy, there are many times he walks out the door to tell me he's going someplace. And it's raining or something's going on. And it's not that easy for me to say, God, he's yours. I check on my phone and make sure he's made it where he is safely. And not just him, but all of my kids. Because it's, it does give me a little bit of fear to know, are they coming home or are they going to be safe? But I have to give them over to him. God gave us our children for this earth to take care of them. But ultimately, they're not our kids. They're his kids. <laughs> and that's very hard. That's very hard to know that I don't have the power. Jesus came not just to stay with us, to be among us, to be with us, and to share his love. And then he left, but he gave us his great power of the Holy Spirit. And because today of that Holy Spirit, we can have the peace to know that he is in God's hands. Our kids, our life, our jobs, our finances, all of those are in God's hands, and he will take care of all of those things. Um, Garrett, can you come down? Garrett actually is going to share a testimony with you about a time when he was in control and things didn't go well. And he had to step back and he had to let God use somebody else in his life to take control and not really fix it let things happen the way they needed to happen. God put Garrett in ministry here at the church, but before Garrett was here, God allowed him to work at Holy Land Experience. And that was an atmosphere where he got to learn his job through some great people who also poured into him spiritually and loved him spiritually. So here's a microphone. I'm going to let him share He's a, he is a boy who has grown, and God is using. Go for it. All right. Uh, man, typical parent. At, makes you cry and then asks <laughs> you to come talk, right? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I worked at the Holy Land Experience. It was awesome. Uh, I did sound over there. Uh, a team of five or six guys. Um, 
I was there for about a year. I got there, I thought I knew a lot, right? As, as you always do when you start a new job, right? You think you know a lot. Uh, my first day there, I learned I did not know very much at all. I did know a lot, but like comparatively. So I was there for about a year uh, and my boss comes to me and he says, hey, I need you to learn the big shows in the park. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And on the inside, I'm like, why would this guy ever ask me to do this? Like, three shows, somewhere between like 45 minutes to an hour each, 20 microphones, it's, it, was, it was crazy. So I'm learning them for like a month, and then he, uh, he comes to me and he gives me a deadline, right? He says, hey, you need to know them by this date, because Ben, your audio lead, is getting married, and he's gonna be out of town for a week, and Ryan, the other lead, he's going to be in the studio all week working on stuff for the new show. So I got to know the shows by myself, run them, don't mess anything up, and that is, uh, that's terrifying, right? You know, there's a reason that out of five or six of us, there's only two guys that ever touch these shows ever, and so uh, I was terrified. Eventually, we get close, and I start running the shows, and it's my second day. I know the show like the back of my hand, right? We've been doing it three, four months. I've been behind the stage since day one, uh, running the curtains and everything. And so like, I don't even need the script, but it's right there in front of me. Uh, our, uh, our stage manager is a little bit up to the front, in front of me and uh, he's calling all the cues. So curtains go, people go on stage, I send audio, whatever it is, he's out there calling them. And uh, we get to the busiest transition of the show, right? There's 20 different microphones that have to either be on or off, and a bunch of different audio things that have to happen within like five seconds. And so I'm in the middle of this transition, and I hear Hugo, and I reach over and I push the button, and I immediately look over to Ben, and Ben looks at me, uh, and then our stage manager goes, I, I mean, curtain go. And so I had no idea what to do, right? I sent a cue like two minutes early. There's a song starting in 10 seconds and we have to figure out what to do and I freeze. And I, you know, I, I knew everything like the back of my hand, right? I knew what to do. I knew the steps to take and it wasn't enough. And uh, you guys ever have like something crazy happen in like five seconds feels like an eternity? Like, like, that's what happened. I'm looking at this guy, and we're like, what do we do? And I, uh, I realized I can't, I don't know what to do. So I, uh, I put my hands up, and I, I stepped back, and I looked over, and I said, hey, I need you to fix this, because <laughs> I, I can't, right? And uh, he swoops in, and he saves the day, and we get back on track, and we continue the show, and... Aside from the five of us talking to each other on headsets, no one knew anything went wrong. So sometimes there's uh, things in life that happen, and regardless of our, our knowledge or our, our wisdom or our, our power or whatever, we have a God who we can look to, and he'll step in and he'll save the day. So we need God to take care of us 
everything. Our problems, our health, our finances, like I said. And we need to be able to hand those things over to him and not take him back. We also need to know that God's put other people in place sometimes to carry on where we can't. To fix what we can't. To speak into us when we need spoken into. It's God. It's the baby. Today, even though we don't have the baby, we have the power of his presence through the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8. We have his strength. I can do all things through Christ, but it's not our strength. It's his strength. And we have to step back and let him use his strength. I can do all things through. Through, with, next to, side by side. Or sometimes step back. And we need to trust that whatever he does through us is making an impact for eternity. Because he's using us. And whatever happens in our lives to hopefully one day minister and speak to other people who maybe are going through the same things that we are going through. Mighty God. Ultimate divine superhero. I'd like to say a blessing over you. And it comes from Ephesians 3. 14 through 21. Read it. For this reason... I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he will grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in the inner man through his spirit, and that the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and the width, the height and the depth of God's love, and to know the Messiah's love that surpasses knowledge so you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen.